Hey, it's good to be back with you. As always, we're grateful you're with us. And we pray that we're a blessing. We're going to still dealing in the month of August. We're dealing with God's faithfulness. Obviously, every sermon I could preach would be on his faithfulness, and it should. Uh, but we're focusing on some areas just to give you a great reminder of how faithful he is to us. Today, we're in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, predominantly chapter 10. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians for one verse, but mostly chapter 10 of Hebrews. In uh, verse 20, verse 23 is a text I want to begin with. It's actually going to be in the middle of our sermon, but I want it to be the beginning of what we handle here. Let me read it to you. It says, let us, let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Uh, and the, the, the key line there is he who promised is faithful. Let's pray. Father, help me to be a plain preacher today so plain that a child would understand me, help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit. Any word of knowledge you give to me while I'm preaching uh, to speak to a person or a situation, if you prompt me with it, I want to be obedient to speak to it. And then, uh, Lord, you, you will remind me that you look at all of us, but you see me differently. I'm a teacher, I'm a preacher, and upon me is a greater judgment, and I know that, and I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. So in the name of Jesus, I pray his name that I preach. Amen. Uh, we're dealing in Hebrews here. We're going to deal with God's faithfulness, but I want to show you that picture uh, that is brought out here in Hebrews, that there is a new way for you to live your spiritual life. There's a new way for this to occur. Uh, they were under the old system, the old covenant, and now they're under a new covenant. And we don't want you drifting back to the new one because of God's faithfulness. He has placed us in a new covenant, which really is the Old and the New Testament. Um, so Hebrews 10, 19 through 21, I want to read it to you. It says, Therefore, brothers, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary. Now remember, they were not, they used to in the old system, they were not allowed into the sanctuary. Only the high priest on the Day of Atonement could do that. He could go into the inner, the Holy of Holies. It was one tent inside another tent and kept going. Um, so they couldn't go. But now, in verse 19, we have boldness to enter the sanctuary. Couldn't do it before. We can't do it now. How do we do that? Through the blood of Jesus. Verse 20, by a new and living way. Remember I told you there's a new way to live your spiritual life? By a new and living way, he has opened for us through the curtain uh, that is the flesh, but when he was crucified, it tore open the curtain uh, so that we have access to God ourselves. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, and this great high priest is Jesus himself, no longer the appointed high priest. So we have an old way and we have a new way. And I want to go through the old way for just a moment, and I want to be comparative with them for just a moment as well. In the old way, you have an appointed high priest. I've already talked about, he, he, there's a tent inside a tent, inside a tent, inside a tent, and he would go into the Holy of Holies, the center of that, on the Day of Atonement. So they had an appointed high priest who did that for them. They gave imperfect animal sacrifice, imperfect. As perfect as they could get it, but it was still imperfect animal sacrifice. In the old system, in the old way, their sins were covered their sins were covered on this day, and their sins are reminded 
they're reminded that they have a sinful condition. Now, under the new way, Jesus is the high priest instead of the appointed high priest in the Old Testament. And Jesus connects us to God. It was the high priest that used to do that, but now Jesus, Jesus is our high priest. He connects us to God. And he is the perfect lamb sacrifice. He's the perfect lamb sacrifice. Uh, our sins were covered in the old way, but our sins are cleansed in the new way. Our sins were reminded of in the old way, but in the new way, our sins are removed. So uh, we have three verses here that uh, begin verse 22 and verse 23 and verse 24, and they begin with let us. Talking about me and you, let us. So the first let us is in verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. The first one, the first let us is let us draw near to God. Uh, that is, we have a true heart. We have a true heart here. We have full assurance of faith here in our own personal life. Our hearts are cleaned um, and they're cleansed, which is a prep. Uh, I, I believe it should be that way as we enter and get ready for a gathering, even for a worship. Uh, we have a clear conscience. Our conscience is clear. That's prep work. But it's also the working of, of, of God's forgiveness in our life. My old has been taken care of. I am a brand new creation. Our bodies are washed. Some think this is about baptism, but it's probably about ceremonial preparation. Uh, it is still prep work. Uh, I'm drawing near to God and I am prepared to draw near to God really becomes the picture here. It, it's not the high priest that's prepping for us. It's us prepping to be connected to God. So Jesus gives a full heart of faith. He gives us a mind that is clear. He gives us a body that is prepared to do the kingdom work. Let us draw near to God. They couldn't do it before. Now they're able to do it on their own. The second let us is in verse 23. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. What are we hanging on to? We're hanging on to hope. The book of Hebrews is don't drift back to the old way. The old way was incomplete. It was the best they had until Jesus came and became the Lamb of God. So hold on to your hope. That's what we're holding on to. And do it, and do it without wavering, or leaning, or drifting back. Um, he, and He is faithful. It says that He who promises faithful. I wanna, I wanna sidestep it here for a moment into 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Before I read it, this is a, this is a verse about temptation. Now, well, I, growing up, I grew up in the church. Uh, since I was born, nine months before I was born, you know, I was there. And uh, I, uh, I've heard this over and over. Now, I didn't necessarily hear this from my father as much as my dad was not only my dad, but he was my pastor. Uh, but uh, I just heard it from people. I still hear it from people today. And uh, they say this, God will never put on you any more than you can stand. And uh, 
it comes out of this verse, but that's not the meaning of it. That's not the meaning of it. Because I've heard people say, well, God thinks I can take a lot because, man, he has sure put a lot on me. And, uh, man, he must think I can carry a whole lot because he's, he's put all this on me. And I, I want to say this to you in a way that you understand it. The world will do things to you, and then the enemy will get you to thinking God did it. I, I just really want you to hear that in simplicity. The world will get you twisted, okay? Your mind, your body, your situation, all of it, it'll get you twisted. And you'll get to thinking God has put this on you when that's not the truth. And then 1 Corinthians 10, 13 is this. No temptation, because it's about temptation, has overtaken you except what is common to mankind or humanity. God is faithful. What are we talking about in this sermon? That God is faithful. And he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape so that you are able to bear it. And a lot of people put this on here, there's burdens, and it's not, it's temptation. And I, I want to remind you from Scripture, God doesn't tempt you with sin. He will test you in your faith, but He will never tempt you with sin. So this is not God bringing it on, but it's God being faithful to give you a way of escape. Do you hear that? Read that verse on your own and read it a hundred times, please. No temptation is overtaking you except what is common to humanity or to, or to man. God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape so that you are able to bear it. Uh, I want you to hear that. He's faithful in giving you a way out of this world and our enemy's temptation on our life. So our hope is in him, pardon my grammar, and him is not changing, okay? He does not change. He doesn't waver. His promises are true, but it's asking me and you to hang on to hope. Listen, John 10 talks about that God has got me in the grip of his hand and nothing can snatch me out. But that's not what we're talking about here. You and I have got to hang on to the hope that he has promised us. Don't lose your hope. A lot of stuff going on in the world, a lot of stuff going on in our nation, a lot of stuff going on in your life. Don't lose hope. The world will try to steal your hope. And you can't, that's what this writer is saying, let us hang on to this hope. Keep a strong grip on hope. And the early church even came together on Sundays. They made this decision. They made this decision because the resurrection was on a Sunday. And so they came together, the early church, on a Sunday to celebrate the cross and the resurrection, knowing the power that raised him from the dead is the power that saves us and sustains us, who that, that gives us the power to hang on to our hope. And Peter writes, our hope is alive because Christ is alive. That's why we celebrate the resurrection. And then Hebrews 25, I'm going to skip ahead and come back. But I, I want to skip ahead for just a moment. And, uh, and the writer's talking about not staying away from our worship meetings or our gatherings. I'm a big believer in the gatherings. 
huge believer in the gatherings. I, I think they're necessary. And in the language coming out of COVID, I believe they're essential. Absolutely essential. And um, on your end of the grip, you've got to hang on to that hope. And one way you hang on to that hope is you gather with other people. Absolutely gather with other people. You need it. Because the world is constantly feeding you its lies and its temptation. All that is behind the move of the enemy. And he's doing that. And even in the midst of persecution, they're saying, still come to the gathering. Even to the point that their home may have been raided or confiscated even while they were gone. Still come to the gathering. It's necessary. It's essential to you. And listen to this. Listen, because this is going to move us into the next, the last let us that he has for us to do. And that is, you don't come to church for what you get from it. You hear me? A lot of times we want to come to church and what am I going to get today? You come to church on what you can contribute. Uh, some of you come and you go, well, I, I, I've not met people. People aren't meeting. Well, why don't you meet people? Why, why does it have to come to you? Then you go, you go to the, even if they're complete strangers. Uh, I, I've learned to do that in my life. I've not always been this extroverted person that you know. Uh, this is just what God has made me. But in that is, is I, I want to be a blessing to somebody today. It's what you can contribute. What can you give? How can you encourage? And uh, we're also there in the gathering uh, to know, uh, to be reminded of all that he has done for us. Uh, remember that verse 23, the last line of it, for he who promised is faithful. What are we talking about in this sermon? We're talking about God's faithfulness. He gave us a savior that didn't just cover our sins, he cleansed our sins. He gave us a savior that didn't just remind us of our sins, but removed our sins. Uh, no longer did we prepare the sacrifice. God prepared that sacrifice for us in the very person of Jesus. I need to be reminded because the world wants to steal my memory of that, of all that he has done for us. And then here's the last let us. The first let us is let us draw near to God. The second let us is in verse 23, let us hold on to the confession of our hope. And then in verse 24, the last or the third let us is let us be concerned about one another. Let's look at one another. Let's encourage one another. And we promote, it says, uh, and promote love and good works. This word means stir it up, incite it, cause it to happen. Be a part of something that we're building up. When you're part of the church, you're not, you're not tearing down. You're going, well, God, tear, you tear down strongholds. God tears down strongholds. I'm a part of building up and building up the kingdom of God. Be a part of the build up, not the tear down. And I just want to remind you that he is faithful in this. He is faithful in these made a way where I can go to God myself. It's called the priesthood of the believer. I can go. I don't need you. I don't need anybody. I can go to God myself. He's made that way and it's only through Jesus. He is faithful to us because he's promised us that we can hang on to the hope that his promises are true and he's faithful to us in the fact that he's asking us to remind others to hang on to this hope too promote love and good works build up don't tear down this is a new way and this is god's way and he is faithful he gave us jesus 
He's our high priest. And because of that, I have access to God and everything that God promises. I, I want to show you something beautiful here that you may not pick out. And you may, you may need a preacher in the preacher's study to show this to you. But uh, the, the, the first one, the first let us, is a, is a picture of verse 22, is a picture of faith. The second let us is a picture of hope. And the third let us in verse 24 is a picture of promoting love. One of the greatest chapters that Paul ever wrote, 1 Corinthians 13, is the love chapter. And he says, if it, he says at the end of it, uh, these three exist, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. I just want you to see the order here. It's faith, hope, and love. It's a match, okay, that God has given us that. And today, live and stand in your faith. Hang on to your hope. Hang on to it, because the world wants to tear that away from you and promote love. Will you do that? Love doesn't mean that I applaud everybody's sin or anybody's sin. It doesn't do that. It just means I'm going to love you anyway, okay? And I'm going to love you to Christ is the picture of that. Faith, hope, and love. Listen, He's faithful. He's faithful in us and all that He's provided to us. And even in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, He is faithful when the world tempts me and the enemy tempts me, he's faithful to give me a way of escape from that. And I need to look for it. And not only find it, you need to take it. All right? He's faithful. Don't forget that. Thanks for being with us. Um, we love you. You know what we always say to each other before we leave each other. Grace and peace. Make sure you live in both of them. Okay? God bless you.